You asked for it, so we delivered. The Rink Wide Podcast. Now, here's J.D. Burke and Andrew Wadden. And welcome to another edition of the Rink Wide Podcast. Andrew Wadden, J.D. Burke here for you. Sorry we've been uh, away for the last few weeks. J.D. has My been fault. busy getting all his draft, draft coverage done for Elite Prospects. Putting in work, were you, J.D.? They're beating me like a rented mule, chaining me to my desk yeah. and just beating me relentlessly until content comes out. But the results have been amazing. Yep. I've, I've just put out my top 93 prospects for the 2019 NHL entry draft. In that list, you can find things like hand-tracked micro-statistics uh, charted in a Tableau fashion. So they're easy to read, easy to make sense of. There are GIFs if you're more of the, the video type and you're not into these new confangled stats or whatever. It's it's a very comprehensive list. Uh, it's got just about everything you could ever want for it. It's basically a draft guide, some might say. A bit of a draft primer <laughs> at the very least. And uh, it's available at eprinkside.com. We're going to have a sale pretty soon here where you're going to be able to get membership. You better uh, hurry up. The draft's in like a week. Hey, we're worth it all year round, baby. That's how we roll. <laughs> so... Stick with us. we got a lot of good coverage coming up, including my top 10 goalies for the NHL entry draft coming up today. But yes, that is the reason that we haven't been able to put out a podcast. I'm going to take a guess. Spencer Knight's number one. Uh, yes. Yes. Yep. Some glowing reviews for Spencer Knight from uh, Pierre Maguire on Sakarison Price uh, last Friday, saying that uh, he could be comparable to, um, oh, who did he say again? Basically saying he's going to be an elite uh, a goaltender in the NHL. He's probably the best goaltending prospect to enter the draft in about a decade Since plus. Better than Carter Hart, you think? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, excellent. Okay, we're going to get to all of that. We'll get to the uh, draft coverage. Um, We're going to start with the Stanley Cup, but we are going to talk about Canucks news as well because there's plenty of Canucks news. Uh, Also, I mean, what's happening with free agency? We've seen the biggest uh, piece on the market now off the board in Eric Carlson re-signing with the San Jose Sharks and getting paid, too, uh, to stay in the Bay Bay Area. So we'll get to all of that. We're going to start with the Stanley Cup, though, um, and just quickly rehash uh, our thoughts on it. Um, after we saw what we saw, St. Louis uh, able to win the Stanley Cup in the uh, fashion that they did against the Boston Bruins, who, you know, now some people want to say that heavy hockey is back. I'm wondering your thoughts on that. Is the NHL going to be a copycat league like they generally have been in the past? And are we going to see teams sort of uh, bulk up to get that heavy hockey back, uh, old school style hockey back once again to try and win a cup? Okay, so I am of two minds on this one. Two minds. So we saw that the league is a copycat league because of what happened after 2010-2011, and certainly the Vancouver Canucks were privy to those mistakes themselves, with Mike Gillis even admitting in his final days as the Canucks general manager that he got away from what made his team successful, what made his roster construction work, and I, I think that we've seen proof positive in Vancouver of that very thing happening. And then you saw the Stanley Cup of 2011-2012, New Jersey Devils and the Los Angeles Kings. That one was so bad that at the time I considered I considered abandoning hockey as a sport because it was the dead puck era. Exactly. It was the dead puck Put era. Put me to sleep. And the good news, though, is that hockey seemed to pivot away from that a little bit. I, I still think we're in the dead puck era. I do. Really? I do think that. Yes, when you look at the way gold even with scored. Pittsburgh Penguins winning back-to-back cups like that. Yep. Yeah, I think so. And and I think the fact that penalties aren't called to the extent that they should be from yes. game 1 to Agreed. game 7 of the Stanley Cup final Agreed. is is the biggest omen of that. And so like 
I've got mixed feelings because that St. Louis Blues team is exactly the, the, the direction that I do not want hockey to go in. I don't want them to be a, a heavy hockey team. Now, credit to Craig Berube because he coaxed a, a Stanley Cup out of a roster that was in last place as recently as January 3rd. Did you hear about that? I didn't hear about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's news wow. to me, too. Huh. But uh, that that it worked for them, clearly. I'm not trying to knock it. I mean, if it can get you a Stanley Cup, all the power to you. I don't think any fan base is going to be upset with, upset with how it looks as long as it happens. Now, to that exact end, as a fan of hockey and somebody who watches the playoffs, I don't want to watch that type of hockey for 31 NHL teams, soon to be 32. So I hope the league kind of strays from that. I think it was a pretty boring Stanley Cup, to be honest. One of the least compelling it, Stanley Cups. Well, hold Cups. on. It kind of gained momentum as it went on. It, it got it, better. At first, and I think the whole Toronto Raptors NBA uh, championship run, I think it might have, um, you know taken away the shine a bit from the Stanley Cup playoffs because there was a lot of attention for it in Canada. But I felt as the series went on, I got more intrigued as things uh, went went further along in the series. I mean, yes and no. Like, the, the was the hockey itself good? I mean, like, there were yeah. some It depends on what aspects. kind of hockey you like, right? I mean, yeah. if you like the bang and crash, get up on the forecheck. I mean, you got to admire what St. Louis did in terms of just breaking teams down. They broke the San Jose uh, Sharks defense down to the point where, you know, they were skating on one leg, a lot of them, especially like Eric Carlson. And then you look at the Bruins as well. I mean, Chara's injury, uh, uh, Grizzlick. I mean, they, you know, they were able to break them down as well. They were playing, what, seven to eight defensemen at one point in and the DeBrusque series. And DeBrusque revealed that he was playing through a concussion. Which, how do you, like, well, like hold on a is, second Is it here. the 80s? What is going on here? How can you play through a concussion with all the, you know, what we know about head injuries nowadays uh, to, I think, to, to reveal that? I mean, that's a, that, that's a, for lack of a better word, gut punch to the NHL. The NHL has to get on top of that shit. Yeah, they need to find out. There needs to be an inquiry into whether that was team-sanctioned. Or whether Jake DeBrusque... They should be fined if it was team-sanctioned. Yeah, yeah. They should be fined in a major way. Major way. And if Jake DeBrusque hid symptoms of his, of his concussion and lied to the team, I think that they should explore disciplinary measures for him to say, look, if you guys don't want to protect yourselves, we're going to step in. Yeah. And it's pretty simple workplace uh, etiquette when you think about it. In any workplace, if I go to... I worked in a screen printing shop when I was a teenager. If I didn't wear gloves and a mask they would kick me off of the, the screen cleaning uh, section. So it applies to workplaces in our day-to-day -day life. Why should we not hold players to the same safety standards and accountability that we do regular everyday workers? I mean, ultimately, the league has to step in to not only protect the players from a, a moral standpoint, but to protect their product. How many players have we seen had their careers completely ruined by concussions because they played through it like Paul Correa? Yep. Uh, Eric Lindros, right? Too many times have we seen this happen to elite hockey players where we are robbed of at least five years of them lighting up hockey, and I don't want to see that happen anymore. If you're a team like, and and I know you're going to call me out because if you know where my allegiance falls, but if you're a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs and you look at the way that series ended, are you looking at in the mirror going, we can't, we can't compete like this? We don't have these types of players to go through the long haul uh, that it takes to get to the Stanley Cup. Because we don't have these types of players. Now, the league was like supposed to be... Like they don't have the goons or whatever? Well, it's not even the goons. It's just those heavy players. It's the Patrick Maroons. Yeah. I mean, even the Ryan O'Reilly. Ryan O'Reilly's a skilled player. Yeah. But he's still a heavy type player. And one thing I admire about uh, Riley is that he... O'Reilly, that is, is that he 
played with a, a cracked uh, rib throughout the whole playoffs. I mean, that's incredible, to, to especially the way he was playing and Consmite Trophy winner. But if you are one of those skilled teams and you're looking at yourself going, how can we, you know, uh, get through the grind of a Stanley Cup playoffs and win a cup without getting players like that? But before, when we talked about it, you're, you know, you're saying, I don't want the league to go like this. I would rather see these skilled teams like you know a Toronto, like a, a Tampa Bay, perhaps uh, to be able to, to to get to the cup because you question the officiating. Oh yeah, and you know if you're a team like Tampa or Toronto or any of these other uh, you know high skilled, maybe not as heavy teams, how are you going to get through that if you're not getting the officiating that is the same throughout the regular season? Yeah, no, it's uh, that's a good point, and I think that was one of the points that the Canucks made back in 2010 and 11 was we built a team to play the game one way, and then that game was no longer being played in the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah. And we built it according to the league set of rules. We built it to play within them, and they did have a deadly power play, but they didn't get any power plays in the Stanley Cup Final. Yeah. Fancy that. Now, I, I don't say this to rehash this, but it is unfortunate that we have proof of concept in town but i mean like the the bright side is i don't think that the the toronto maple leafs of the six uh need to worry about that because kyle dubas has gone on record saying that he's not going to chase other teams models he's going to be a leader so sure and that's good to say but if the nhl is going to continue to be laxed on the way they officiate throughout the, the stanley cup finals well or final that is guess what kyle like you're gonna have to adapt or you're or you're not gonna be able to win yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if that's unfortunate, if you, and, and, I'm, and I'm not just saying for the Leafs, like for the Tampa's, um, name me another highly skilled team. I'm uh, Pittsburgh, perhaps. If you are the Leafs, though, you're going to be feeling pretty good about the fact that, and I know this isn't a consolation prize, but you should feel happy about the fact that you took Boston Bruins yeah. to seven games. Sure. Like, there's, there's proof that you can hang with a slightly heavier okay, team. Okay, but do you feel this? Do you feel the officiating was different as we progressed through the, the final? I think it was different from, from five-minute segment to five-minute segment. Like See, that's, it, not, that's just not right. No, it's, it's highly inconsistent, and, and there were so many instances of horrible calls. Now, okay, interesting point, and, and, and I'm kind of going on a tangent here. Bear with me. It's going to relate to hockey. Okay. The Toronto Raptors against the Golden State Warriors. Remember when they the the final seconds and Draymond Green calls the timeout that he doesn't have Chris Webber two point Chris, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and they do the the like fifteen minutes of video review to kind of kill the final zero point nine seconds of the game. <laughs> so like that was the most anticlimactic yeah. ending. Like I yeah. was ready to jump out of my seat. Yeah, and then eventually it was just like oh fist bump my friend. Like it happened. Yeah. Do you <laughs> want that in hockey? People who are pro review, I. That's something you got to think about. That's something you got to think about. What if it about. gets it right, though? I think you have to accept human error. I think you do. Like I, I just think you have to accept that that is a factor because even. But the, what about this though? Even what, the reviews they do have, they but get. What wrong. about this though? There was what play was it? It was it game. Was it game six? Yeah, it was game six when the Raptors lost by one point. No, game five. No, no, or sorry, game five, yeah, because they won in Because of the boogie yeah. foul. The boogie foul, okay? That is a ticky-tack foul. Now, he stick his, stick, stuck his butt out, and it's a moving screen. Yeah. But in a lot of circumstances, maybe in the past, uh, an official wouldn't call that. But they did, and it was the right call. Can an NHL referee have the balls to be able to make the right call in a tough circumstance like that? That's the if, where I question. If not, then they're in the wrong business. But this is the thing is that we need that then. 
right? Like, we need these officials to be able to, you know, have the balls to be able to do it. You know, even when it's the right call. And I know some Golden State Warriors fans will be like, oh, that's BS. Like, what? They're calling that? But guess what? That was the right call. And I want to see that uh, in in the NHL as well. I want to see the officiating. I I can't believe we're going down this road because we didn't plan this. But I think you're right. You know, they have to be consistent all the way through. I'm actually of the mind. I'm okay with the reviews. I'm actually okay with it because I want to get it right. I'm also okay with MLB going to electronic umpires behind the plate, but that's just a whole different other story. Yeah, let's yeah. let's not open that can of worms. We're going to be here until like <laughs> five o'clock. I want to keep this within an hour. Six here. hours. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, like I, I think we've said just about all we can say yeah, on sure. the Stanley Cup. I just want to get in that the Layla stuff was to me the most compelling yeah. shit in that series. I'm yeah, like, that's good I, stuff. I, I, can, I can swear, right? So like every time I saw her on Twitter, I just about got weepy. So that was cool as hell. I How mean, about though? Brett Hall in the parade. He was like, what? He hammered. was lit. Yeah, he was lit, as the kids say. He was like, sounding... if you're the St. Louis Blues, why are you letting him on the mic? Like, what was the thing? Is like, let's go Blues, and then we went Blues. Yeah, like, we went Blues. Like, did he actually think that? Like. I don't know. CTE, that is, man. That is, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. There you go, Jake DeBrusque. Take a look at Brett. <laughs> That's your future if you keep this up, man. <laughs> but Seriously. Okay, uh, in, in, in you know, all fairness, though, a tip of the hat, Jason Botsford style, uh, to the St. Louis Blues. Because great that uh, uh, to see St. Louis leave the sad club. Which, by the way, guys, a little bit of a tangent here. The sad club was created at TSN 1040. For those that are stealing it, get your own material. I'm just going to say that right there. You know what I'm talking about. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's move. <laughs> you don't want to get involved with that, do you? All right. Uh, let's move on then. Let's, lots of news right now. Tons of news. Vancouver Canucks. Tons of news with the Vancouver Canucks. Um, Jim Benning comes out this week. And our last week, that is, uh, talked to various media outlets, uh, talked to TSN 1040, uh, <laughs> had, had a scrum. Hold up, hold up. What's up? I live five minutes away from the arena. They put out the notification that they were holding a press conference for 11 o'clock at, I think, 1037 that morning. Even I couldn't have made that because it's like, oh, uh, I've just been working. You know, I haven't I put myself together or whatever. It's like that. You got to put your makeup on or something? I don't know. I got to do my hair up, You man. couldn't get there in 20 minutes? You are I, such a millennial. I got to do my You pompadour. are such a millennial. Okay. Just that, go what, there and get there. What about all the reporters Were who don't live Were you even on the email five, list? Yeah, I am. I am. Okay. What about all the reporters who live like an hour away? Well, you don't have an excuse. You live five minutes from there. You I'm just, just said it. I'm just saying it is a joke that oh, they did God. that. Anywho, okay, let's start with one thing. Uh, for, before we get to um, possibly what the Canucks could do, your thoughts on the brand new jerseys that they unveiled. By the way, I saw a new sign for a billboard for what they're how they're doing. Uh, yeah. Colorful past, bright future. Oh, huh? what do you think of that? Ooh, that's huh? uh, sure. <laughs> okay, well, why not? I mean, oh, uh, they're selling the hope here, big yeah, time. Uh, but okay, okay. Your, th- your thoughts on the on the, and I'm going to use air quotations. New. Jerseys, okay, sweaters. So, I, I, yes, for those yes, that are right. and hockey. I, I say, I say, jerseys so all the time I. too. Um, so I. Like the word mark sucked. The word mark really, really sucked, and I hated it at the time. And I thought it was just for the Olympics, and they'd get rid of it by 2011-12 season, and then it stayed. 
and it stayed through the Adidas redesign. Like, why couldn't they have done this three years ago? I mean, really? Uh, it, it, it is weird, you know, that, that it took this long, but I'm happy that the word mark is gone. Now, where I take issue... You're talking about Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, where I take issue with these jerseys is that those shoulder patches and the reinvented stick and rink logo look awful. What about look, the stripes on the stick and rink? It's, oh. They're... they're it looks like a Zeller's jersey. Yeah. Like, yeah. Look like, like practice jerseys. Yeah, they 100%. Do. Like, yeah. they look like shit. But I do like, uh, you know me in the downhill skate. Love it. Yes, the do spaghetti plate is back. And, I mean, like, whatever. It's sharp. I, I don't mind it as, like, a third colors jersey. colors are just so good. Okay, I get Like, the remember when, when they played, uh, what, they wore them against the Leafs, and Ryan Miller had the pads and everything. I mean, everything just looks so sharp. That black, that little touch of red with the yellow in there. I mean, I love that. I it's mean, just a really bad logo, though. Really? You think so? Because I like it. It looks, okay, I did not know it was a skate until adulthood. Oh, really? I, I didn't know what it was, but I didn't, like, I specifically didn't know it was a skate. I have a Toronto Blue Jays hat, surprise, surprise, in studio right now. When I was a kid, I never knew that it was the bird looking to the left. I actually thought it was the leaf, and I, I was like, what is this thing? But I love it. Now I realize it. So I was kind of like you in that regard. But that one's more obvious. I know. I'm, I'm going to give you a I was a really you young kid that. when that happened. But the, this downhill skate I always saw. This uh, plate of spaghetti I didn't hear about until I moved to... BC in like the late 90s. <laughs> and then everybody called the yeah, plate I never spaghetti. knew. I was like, oh, it's a downhill skate. I mean, it kind of looks like a plate of spaghetti. I get it As, now, as much yeah. as it looks like a yeah. skate. But, but they got that one right, right? Like, it, they got that looks, one right. It looks... Okay, I don't like the logo, but I also don't like oh, the Anaheim... Colors, though, man. I, I don't like the colors. Anaheim Ducks retro logo. I don't like the Kachina, but they're kitschy. And I love their kitschiness. And that's why I'm okay with them as like a third jersey. So you... So... The, uh, the just taking the Vancouver off, you do you like that part of it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's like, okay, I get it. Free Willy kind of sucks. Um, By the way, that's the, the uh, we had a debate about this on Sakaris and Price. Price says that it looks like the sea is birthing the whale. Have you ever thought that? What the fuck? Have you ever thought that? <laughs> what? <laughs> me, and, me and Maddie were like blown away. We're like, what are you talking about, BP? Like, birthing like no he's breaking through the ice and then price is like have you ever seen I, an orca whale breaking through the ice yeah like, i was gonna say like no but have you ever seen orca whales birthing like, a, sea or a whale like, are they an arctic species and i miss something like <laughs> i get but i get it right like coming through anyway and i've never heard it put it this way guys email or not email tweet at us at andrew wadden at jd burke tell us if you ever thought that that sea was birthing because i think i think price is on an island on that one i mean he's from winnipeg right yeah but he's been living here forever dude yeah fair i'm I'm trying to give him an out but no 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 out on that one sorry baby dragon that one is bad (laughs) that is a that is a take and a half i mean like here's my biggest issue with the new primary jerseys is that the new stick and rink logo which got that is just, different uh, stick in it yeah the, yeah the the green one is so white and it's right next to the white piping of the collar what happened to johnny canuck i liked that v with the johnny R.I.P. canuck head r.i.p in peace it, like, does a cross like, motion remember they were they got they got po'd at that lacrosse team because they were using it and made them yeah. stop like so if they were so hard up for that why aren't they using it? People love it. I personally think it's hokey as blank, but 
I know people do love it. Okay, here's my my piping hot take. I, Here we I, go. I don't even know if it's that hot, actually. No, it's where's that sm- sizzle sound effect? It's it's actually anyway. a very smart and good take. Okay. <laughs> the best Canucks jersey in their history was the modernized stick and rink. Nope. From the 2010-11 nope. era team. Nope. Yes. I hate that logo. That logo that is logo fucking is perfect. That logo is so juvenile. It looks it's like so, a C. They made it look terrible. like a fucking C. I hate it. It's so good. I know I'm alone on that one. I know Canuck fans are going to be like, you're an it idiot. Is the they already say I'm an idiot anyway. Best so. designed jersey in the history of this franchise. I will hear no slander against it. I, I will die on that hill. It is a beautiful jersey, and if they were smart, they would have just gone back to that. It's sharp. It doesn't have, like, the rounded edges and softness of these, of these like, new logos. It's it's well-defined. It's bold. It's, it's great. I just, I never liked the stick and rink. Uh, again, I'm going to live and die by the downhill skate in that color scheme. To me, they nailed it with that, but we, let's, let's move on yeah, because we'll yeah. just sit here and argue about that for the next 45 minutes. Okay, so everything that you heard from Jim Benning last week, which was not a hell of a lot in terms of what he's giving, what he's saying. <laughs> but no, but like J-Pat had an interview with him a one-on-one before uh, they called that uh, 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 presser. And then, of course, uh, Donnie and the Moj just had him on recently. I believe uh, uh, the oldie station had them on as well. Yeah. Um, but he basically said the same thing throughout every single interview. It's getting a little more polished in those interviews. Got to give Jimmy that. But um, no tampering fines n- on no, the horizon. Yeah, nothing like that. But um, so what like. Obviously, they're saying that they want to, you know, they want to be active in free agency. They, he also said something to the fact that, well, we could move up or we could move down. So he didn't really give a whole lot there. If you're looking at this draft, like you have been doing over the last few months, uh, extensively, there is a great player to be available at 10, uh, or a good player. I shouldn't say great. Ooh, be- good, good news. Uh, TSN's Bob McKenzie put out his list today. Speaking ah, of, and go. he, I, what I like about his list is he's pretty honest about it. His, like, is, his is an actual mock draft whereas it's like Craig's, a hole of scouts yeah craigslist is like his ranking of how he thinks the, these players are not yeah. like this team should take this guy this is like this guy's number one because he's the best player available all the way through right yeah so. and bob mckenzie like he he pulls scouts to get this and he has peyton krebs falling to the canucks at 10 which i'm fantastic i am all over make it happen yeah no i, I and then of course uh um um uh, um, Pod Colson, sorry. Yes, yeah, Pod, Pod Colson was in Blanking the button there. one. Pod Colson's been sniffing around at 10 as well, depending on what you're looking at. I mean, if you could get Pod Colson at 10, uh, you like him, right? I mean, yeah, are, are yeah, you worried I, about the fact that he's a Russian hockey player? Because it seems like the only Russians that actually leave the NHL are the guys that really aren't really NHL players. Well, like, like Sergei K- Kostitsin. Yeah, like the, 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 the Predators recovered from losing Sergei Kostitsin. Yeah, like the, the, the real Russian hockey players that are good enough to play in the NHL, that are stars in the NHL, they don't leave the NHL. NHL. No. This is where they make the most money. And like if you want to go Ilya Kovalchuk, he was like 32 when he did Oh, that. of course. Yeah, and he yeah. was and he like that was like a, a, a total outlier because of the fact that his contract was so huge. He must have really wanted out of New Jersey that bad. To eh? be like, fair, like uh yeah, I mean New Jersey, it's the the garden state yeah. of oil. Yeah. Uh so <laughs> I don't blame him, but uh, I mean, like, yeah, it's very rare that a high-end player goes back yeah. to the KHL unless yeah. you want to believe the Canucks fans who think that Nikita Triamkin is the second so, coming of Pronger. But looking at Bobby's list here right now, Hughes one, Capo, uh, Caco two, Byram three, Turcotte four, Doc five, 
Cousins uh, six, uh, Zegris seven, Pod Coles in eight, Cole, uh, Cole Caulfield nine. Now, would that be like just a huge miss for the Canucks? Because there's a lot of people out there that think uh, Caulfield is going to be, you know, top three to four player in this draft. Nah, I I I still had Caulfield. Actually, I had Caulfield at nine too, but oh, I had, really? right I had Krebs at yeah. six. So. Now, I, I mean, I, there's there's a few guys out there that I, I really like. Kirby Doc is one of them. I like that size, you know, and especially the fact that he can play and down. Hands. Yeah, and he can play down the middle. He can also play on the wing. Uh, the Canucks right now could use both of those, as we know. I mean, unless mm-hmm. depends on how you feel uh, about their third line center situation, whether you think that um, you know they have that uh, solidified right now or not. I mean, we don't expect Kirby Doc to walk into the NHL next year anyway. Uh, a player like Peyton Krebs. Again, you don't expect him to walk right into the NHL next year either. No, no, I don't think that you expect anybody to jump into the NHL. Do you think only Jack, those, the top two? I think those two. What I about mean, Byron? Do you think he has a chance? Maybe. Yeah. May, like, it, it might happen, but I don't know if at, at this moment I think that he's ready for the NHL next year. Yeah, gotcha. And most of the people I talk to kind of find themselves agreeing with me on that front. So uh, there are people, though, who do believe he can play NHL minutes next season. I'm just not one of them. Is Peyton Krebs the best pick that the Canucks could get, you think, at that spot? Yeah, probably. I I would say so. Okay, good. All right. Uh, Matthew Boldy after that. Uh, Spencer Knight, top goaltender uh, on Bob's list at 12. I'm not going to go through the rest of them. Uh, You guys can check it out, uh, uh, tsn.ca. Try to get Bob McKenzie's list there. Of course, Craig's list is also there. Uh, A lot of great uh, lists right now out from the, you know, all the main guys and, of course, Elite Prospects, ISS, uh, you you name it, McKean's, all those guys. Uh, So go check it out. It's going to be a great week in terms of – uh, just speculation on what's going to happen in this draft because I think there's going to be a lot of movement uh, this week. As far let's stick on the Canucks though, and some of the rumors that we're hearing right now, what they want to do. We're hearing that Alex Edler is now perhaps putting himself out there, um, and both you and I agreed before mm-hmm. we lit up the mics today that that's not a bad thing. No, I, I mean like it's a bad thing in the sense that another player that Jim Benning inherited is about to evaporate into nothing with nothing to show for it. Like there's no, that, that, there's that, no value that I, they've I think captured. So, I, I, okay. I get all that, but that ship's done sailed now. All right. So like we, you can go back and you can, you, you know, but you can't do anything about it now. Right. So no, what, I mean like it's the best so, but course the, of action now. I know, but what's the, yeah, exactly. So what's the best move here? Do you want Alex Edler? Who's what? 34 next year. Uh, no, next year is his thir- age 33 season. There you go. So, sorry. April he, birthday. April birthday. So, yeah, so he'll be 34 at the end of next season or perhaps going into the playoffs uh, if the Canucks are able to make it there. Do you want him for three years or would you rather, or drather, as they say on Halford and Bruff, uh, lock up Jake Gardner for seven years and he's 28 right now. Uh, he'll be 29 on July 4th. So he'll be 29. So if you got seven years at 36, so you're looking at 36 and 36. Uh, if you were to give three for Edler or seven to Gartner, where would you go? Now, mind you, you're going to have to pay probably two to three million dollars more for Gartner per per year. But what would you rather or rather? Uh, I would rather Jake Gartner. Yeah, because like they they have to make hay. I would, mean, like would you over would you give him seven? I, I'd give him seven, and then when you when you adjust for the rising salary cap. Let's say Gardner goes for seven million as opposed to Edler's five. If you go by percentage of cap, I think that Gardner will probably be the lower percentage point once he gets to thirty-five than Edler is now. 
at 33, 34, 35. So I, I think that people uh, haven't made that adjustment, uh, adjustment necessarily. And when they do, they'll realize that, yeah, it's not such a bad deal to go with Jake Gardner, who might actually be a better defenseman than Alexander Adler anyway at present. Okay, so say this. you got $30 million in cap space right now for the, for the Canucks. If you were going to spend seven on Jake Gardner and possibly eight for uh, Brock Besser, there's 15 mil. you still got 15 mil left over. Are you happy with that? No, I'd, I'd think that they have to do a lot more. I mean, like, the Canucks... No, 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 I don't mean, like, you stop there. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. like, half your cap, two guys, are you happy with that? Yeah, yeah, for those two guys. I mean, you never run into trouble when you pay for elite talent. That's the way I always think about this stuff, Are you right? worried about Brock Besser, though? Uh, because I've spoke to, to others that say, you know what, I'd be a little weary about giving Brock Besser a, a huge deal right now because of the injury history. Yes and no. I mean, like, look at this past season. He was injured for just about all of it because he didn't rehab appropriately. He uh, basically worked out too much last summer, so he had way too much muscle mass on him uh, for where he needs to be as a player. That's going to contribute to where he's at. And and so I think that, look, injuries are mostly about luck, and I think Brock Bester has been exceptionally unlucky. And and I don't know if I would expect that to continue. But the good news is that through all this crap this last season, Brock Besser remained highly productive, even though he was banged up, right? Like, even if he didn't look right, you'd look at the score sheet at the end of the night and you would see one goal, two assists or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think that you, you have to take that bet because what's the alternative? You let him walk? You, you overpay him on a short-term deal? Like, what do, you, what do you do? So are you looking at eight times eight, perhaps? Probably, yeah. You look at the way the market's shifting, I think that's what's going to be uh, what the price of admission is going to be on Brock Besser. Okay, now let's move on then from there because the Canucks still have some work to do, especially if, let's say, we replace uh, Gartner uh, for, like, Edler, Edler's gone and Gartner's in. Uh, still going to need some work on that back end. Uh, some people believing that, you know, perhaps there is a deal in place to be, try to move Ben Hutton. So there, if you are going to move Ben Hutton, you're going to have to replace him with someone else. So I'm going to give you two names. Right shot defenseman, Nikita Zaitsev, who you can make for in a trade, who's got five years left on his deal at four and a half, or a free agent in Tyler Myers. If you had to pick between the two of those, would you even pick one of them? I would choose a swift and painless death. So you wouldn't take either of them? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, like, look, I, I, that's... Is four and a half too much for a third pair defenseman in, in yes. Nikita Zaitsev? A thousand percent, yes. But here's what I will say. Uh, I think that... Nikita Zaitsev and Jake Gardner can help you win hockey games, I think. In the right scenario where they're playing the right minutes, those two players can help you win hockey games. I don't think they can help you win hockey games if you're uh, Tyler Zaitsev, or sorry, Nikita Zaitsev. I got the two mixed yeah, up there. put them together. If you're Nikita Zaitsev making $4.5 million to be a slight marginal kind of upgrade on Eric Branson playing 13 minutes a night, yeah, that is a problem, though. If you're Tyler Myers and you're looking to get an upgrade on $5.5 million on a long-term deal in free agency because you're 29 years old and, and this is going to be your last chance to, check, uh, to, to cash in, then absolutely you're going to want to get fair value. And based on the market, that could mean six six and a half million. And he can't help you win hockey games at $6.5 million. Like, okay. plain and simple. So 
Uh, what are they going to do about their blue line? Uh, that's a tough question to answer because they don't have a lot of options in free agency. There aren't a lot of options in their prospect pool that are ready to make a, a significant jump. I mean, not just yet, at least. Yeah, not right? not yet. Yeah. Like I, I like Carl Gunnarsson. He's somebody who I like as a low end, like third pair yeah. depth guy. What's he like a mil and a half or something like yeah, that? Yeah, something like it's that. Got to be cheap. And you know, somebody like let's say. Oh, I don't know. Even Alex Petrovic, I'd give him like a, a one-year or million-dollar contract because he, he played some good minutes back in the day. He had a rough year last year, but I think there might be something there. Maybe go to a Connor Carrick, uh, maybe Chris Weidman. Like there, there are depth options out there, but that's it. Okay. Uh, if I told you right now that Nikita Zaitsev had more time on ice than Tyler Myers last year, would that blow you away? No, because Mike Babcock does some very, very strange things with his yeah. roster. Yeah, well, he did. Uh, that, that, <laughs> honestly, I was really surprised. That I'm looking up their their stats here, and uh, yeah, he played eight more seconds uh, on average. Twenty twenty eight for Zaitsev, twenty twenty one uh, for um, Tyler Myers. Which I, I, I mean, I, again, like I don't know how much that you can take out of that. Uh, Tyler Myers had a better point production than Nikita Zaitsev. I don't know if Nikita Zaitsev's the kind of offensive-minded defenseman that you at least you'd put him in that category at all. Uh, but yeah, so basically, you know, would you, like either guy basically no? You just say forget it for both of them. Yeah, yeah, that gotcha. would that that's the, neither of those players are going to do what the Canucks need them to do at the price that they're going to need to pay to get them. Uh, it's just it's good money after bad because you're desperate. Okay, so real. up front, the Canucks are... I, I would say they're pretty good down the middle. I don't know how much you feel about Adam Gaudet, whether you think he can take he that hasn't step. hasn't been good, man. And been a third, yeah, exactly. They want him to be the third-line center. Can he be a third-line center? I mean, they're... Can I don't he be th- a fourth line center. Yeah, well, they have Jay Beagle, man. They went. Yeah, you know, yeah. there was the sweepstakes on July first last year. You got to get him. They've got. Got to get him. They've got so much detritus at the bottom of their lineup. What was that? Detritus. Oh, jeez. Nice. Uh, like useless trash floating in the air. Like they've got Marcus Granlund, Brandon Sutter, Jay Beagle. What do you think the combined value of those players is? Like a sixth round pick. <laughs> <laughs> that you have to throw in to get somebody now, else to take them off your hands. Granlin is an RFA, so you know you don't have to do anything with Granlin at the moment. You could, in fairness, I'd resign him as a thirteenth forward. Yeah, because I mean, like he, he can play all three forward positions. He can play both sides of uh, special teams. He can't play them well, but he can he can be cromulent. So like he he's he exists. What about Tyler Mott? What's your what's your feeling on him? He's an RFA as well for the Canucks. Twenty four years old. Uh, is is there a place for him for the Canucks, or is it just? See you later. Yeah, I think he would be really good on the Utica Comets. <laughs> I think that he would add speed to their top six. So basically a depth guy if they were to have to call somebody up kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, not really too worried if you lost him on waivers or anything like that. No. Gotcha. So he's, uh, yeah, okay, he's a throwaway sort of. So Marcus Granlin kind of in the same boat, but uh, maybe not floating up and down from Utica. More like the press box sort of staple. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in terms of the free agents that are available on the top end of things, do you think the Canucks are going to make any sort of play, you know, for a Panarin? Um, obviously, Bobrovsky's, they don't need a goaltender. Uh, do you think they go for a Panarin? Because, I mean, I, I think they, they need do. a winger. Because they have to. What yeah. are, like, Benning knows the score. He knows that if he doesn't make the playoffs this year, he's but, out. Do you think the Canucks can make a splash, like, seven times uh, seven? For uh, a Gartner, eight times eight for Besser, and seven times 10, 11. 11. Do you think that? Do you think the Canucks can actually pull that off? They can, 
whether they I mean, have they got the space for it. Yes. So, like in terms of capability, they can make it happen. But they also have to do some other stuff because that leaves them with very little cap room remaining. So they're going to have to get rid of a Brandon Sutter, which I just needs oh, to man. be done anyway. That's got to be done. Yeah, I mean, Brandon Sutter's got a 4.375 for the, uh, this year coming up and the year after that. Um, you got to keep in mind, too, that Jake Gartner is going to be an RFA in 2021. Um, yeah, Adam Goddard as well. I mean, it depends on the kind of season he has. He's not going to get much of a payday if he considered, or he continues to uh, take smaller steps. Uh, but then you got Elias Patterson, of course, and that's going to be a massive contract uh, in the 2021 season. Um, so you do have to look at those sort of things as well. Chris Tandem's got one year left on his deal. Perhaps he is trade bait at this point. But again, as you start For to what? yeah, exactly. As you start to look at this defense, you're like, guys, like somebody's got to play here, right? So you're gonna need Tanov. I mean, Stetcher's not going anywhere, but Stetcher's gonna Rightly get a payday so. in 2020. He's so he's an RFA in 2020, and I mean, he's making 2.325 right now. Uh, you suspect that if if uh, if if Stetcher can have another step uh, in his development, that he could be a four and a half million dollar uh, defenseman. So there are those parameters. So what I'm trying to say is that you know if you start to spend too much now without looking at the future, uh, they might shoot themselves in the foot. I mean, yeah, I, I definitely see that as a possibility. I do, but I mean, you're not going to have an Artemi Panarin available to you in most free agent classes, and the onus would be on them to accommodate a, uh, a Panarin instead of accommodating players like Brandon Sutter and Jay Beagle because that's what they're doing. Implicitly, they are saying that we're not going to go after the elite talent because we're going to invest heavily in Tim Schaller, Brandon Sutter, Jay Beagle, Antoine Roussel. There is your Artemi Panarin contract right there. Uh, who, yeah. who do you think adds more wins? Artemi Panarin or those four players combined? Yeah, I know a, the answer. Pretty easy answer right there. I think you everybody knows that answer. Elite talent, period. Out End of, of those, discussion. Out of those guys that you speak of, though, I mean, Schaller will be a UFA after next season, so depending on whatever you do with him. Uh, Jay Beagle definitely, is, he's got buyout written all over him, especially since he's going to be tough to move. His, his contract's practically buyout proof, though. Is it? Yeah. I haven't looked at the details of it. I'm just looking <laughs> at He's got three more years at $3 million. Antoine Roussel can play on my team. Yes. Antoine Roussel, I'll keep at $3 million at 29 years old, uh, at the moment at least. Um, you know, three more years at $3 million. I'm okay with that. I don't mind the Roussel contract, but if you just look, in the interest of posterity. I'm okay with it as well. But you're right. I mean, if you can move Brandon Sutter, if you can get rid of Louis Erickson, I mean, uh, there is thoughts. I mean, you know, I know, I know it's been batted around. But the problem with Ottawa is... Does Louis want to go to Ottawa? Like, clearly he doesn't want to play here. No. And the one thing that's interesting as well is Jim Benning has said, you know, I'm going to have a discussion with Louis, but he's been saying that for a few weeks now, and it's at the point right now where if you didn't have that discussion already, and what's holding things up, perhaps a move? I, I mean, like, it's, I don't know. I just think that speaks to a larger issue, which is that it doesn't feel like Jim Benning wants to do any part of his job as general manager. Like, Louis Erickson talked trash about about Travis Green like what two months ago, and it still, still hasn't, hasn't been addressed. Well, and, that, like, and that's my point is that what, if he, what, if the, he keeps what saying, the fuck are you doing? Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying is that if he keeps saying he's going to have the conversation, but in you know behind the scenes, he's probably pushing really hard to just dump this player somehow. And if it is the Ottawa Senators, but the problem is is that the two places that we've heard about Edmonton. And, you know, perhaps a Milan Lucic coming the other way. Oh. Yikes, I know. Because they'd uh, have to protect him, too. Or Ottawa. Um, again, Louis got the ability to say, I don't want to go to either of those. Now, of course, he doesn't 
really, from what we've heard, at least in that uh, Swedish report, was he doesn't sound like he's too high on playing for Travis no. Green. So, you know, what what exactly do you want, Louis? Because you can't have your cake and eat it, too. No, I think that ultimately he'll probably... I mean, like, I think that he might come around to, to going to Ottawa. Ottawa's I, I, not... Uh, it doesn't Ottawa's actually look fine... like a bad destination. They have. They are going to have a very healthy blue line there. They've got some young players. I don't expect them to be a playoff team next year, but it might. he might have fun again because yeah. it doesn't seem like he's having fun playing. No here. pressure in Ottawa. Yeah. No expectations, and it's a lot less travel than being on the Canucks. I think you could sell him on it. I do, and they've got... Holy crap. They're entering this offseason with $35 million in cap space. Now, mind you, they have to re-sign... Uh, Cody Cece, who I mean, well, yeah, need a, is, is might be relative. four million, maybe. Yeah, and, but that's about it. Yeah, that's that's it for their big ticket items. Yeah. Um, so they need to spend another. What do they need to spend here to get off the floor? Yeah, to get off the floor, I think that they need to spend another like ten million, another fifteen million, something like that. I can't find it, but point is, they need to spend a lot. Yeah, just so they can ice a team that would actually uh, meet the CBA requirements all right so we've kind of gone all the way through the canucks are you good with that now do you want to move on to the mailbag sure let's let's do that okay so skip the wyatt one because i don't want to address that again i'm not talking about non-generational defensemen like eric carlson elite yes not generational i'm sorry i'm not getting into that discussion who is a better defenseman in our generation than eric carlson does it have to be every? Does every generation have to have one? Yeah. Okay, no. Let's not get into this discussion. I'm not doing it. Not why it aren't with Eric Carlson rumored oh to be getting God. What generational did I say? I'm not doing de- <laughs> defenseman buddy. Is Andrew ready to admit the error of his ways? I'm going to say no and answer that for I you. I want to ask why is he an employee of the Vancouver Canucks now because he's in these ads where he's. Oh, 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 you're throwing shade back. Is he back. an ambassador? He, he's just a dude who loves the, the spaghetti plate. By the way, for those that don't know, in that... Um, and he looks pretty pissed off in those photos, it, too, it, eh? In that, in that promo where they've been using different people, I don't. I, people might not even know this, but Devin Walsh is in that, and Devin Walsh is the best Canadian snowboarder all time. So anyone that knows snowboarding knows who Devin Walsh is, North Van kid, and they used him. Well, not kid, he's like 43 years old now. Brent but they, Butt was in there too. Yeah, they, yeah exactly. They used uh, him in those ads. So I, I thought that was pretty cool because I know Dev is a big uh, Canucks fan and, and I'm a big Devin Walsh I'm fan. I'm surprised that Buble up. didn't get a call. I'm very surprised. Because he, uh, he's, he's like the Canucks stand. But he's got ownership stake in the Giants. Maybe it's a conflict of interest. Uh, I don't know, perhaps. Right. Yeah, fair All right, get, skip that other question from that guy wide and go to the next one. Speaking of D-men and errors, and this was actually in response to the Wyatt one, I think. Oh, come on, man. What do you guys make of the Goss Despair rumors? Ah. And although he may make a positive impact, what is the likely cost? Is Fletcher, is Fletcher a more inept trading partner? I don't, I don't want to humor that last one. That's rude. I, yeah, I'm okay with the Goss Despair rumors. Yeah, I think he just had an off season last year. I think, I mean, at twenty, what five years old right now, he'll be twenty. Yeah, no, he just uh, no, he's twenty six now. Uh, turned twenty six in April. Um, you know, I mean, look at the seasons he had. He rookie season of forty six points, followed it up with thirty nine. After that, sixty five points in his third NHL season. And last year, uh, being his low point, but his low point was thirty seven. Wouldn't that lead the Canucks defenseman? Like, yeah. 
What, what was Edler, 35 last year? I think he got to like 32, somewhere in the 30s. Anyway. I have Edler open here. I should just take a look. Um, yeah, he had 34 points last year. So even when Shane Gostaspair has a down season, he still would have been the best on the Canucks in terms of point production. Yes, I would go after Shane Gostaspair at all costs. Uh, what would it cost though to get him? Let's that's see. that's where things would it get co- interesting. Jake, Jake Vertanen, perhaps a, deal, a package around him. If, if that's all it costs, well, then, no, no, I'm not saying one for one. There's going to have to be jettison him with a trebuchet all the way from here. There's going to have to be. I hate this term so much. I want to come up with something better, but I can't. I'm not that creative. The sweetener. Why does everybody say sweetener? I mean, like it. It works. It, that's what J. Pat said to me. It, well, it works. No, he said to you, well, Andrew, it, it works. Oh, terrible, terrible. <laughs> I, hope, I hope he doesn't listen to this because that was terrible. Uh, that was pretty good. <laughs> no, but yeah, they would have to be. Not a, as a, good as my Sakaris. There would have to. Oh, God. There'd have to be an additional, um, whether it's a draft pick and maybe another prospect uh, beside that. If Okay, how about this one then? Uh, Jake Vertanen, and it's off the top of the dome, uh, Jet Wu, and a second round pick for Shane Gossespierre. Would you do it? Ooh, that's getting rich because I think that Jet Too Wu, rich? Too rich for I a 26 year old defenseman? I think that. That is on an average over 40 points per season? I, I think the world of, of Jet Wu is a prospect, though, and I think he can be like a legit second pair defenseman. Really? Yeah, I, I, th- I think he could, like a four, like a three, four, maybe a four, five, somewhere in there. But Gossespierre is top pair for you. Yeah. These yeah. guys are hard to get, especially at 26 years old. Yeah, I mean, like, let me look up his, his contract right now, because I'm curious. I think Gossespierre is making under five per season, which is, is pretty... Pretty good, yeah. Four and a half for the next four years. Dude, that's that's a great deal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like... How many second-round picks actually turn out? Not many. Uh, I mean, like, yeah, I I guess you do make that trade. I'm seeing the light. Yeah? I, I... yeah, I'll give you that one. All right, so if you, you guys are listening to the show and you think it's terrible, you can tweet at J.D. Burke or you can tweet at Andrew Wadden. Let me know. Uh, again, hypothetical uh, trade right there anyway. But again, if you're going to go after a player like Shane Gossespierre, you're going to have to give him something nice. The thing about Philadelphia, though, is that they have a wealth of defensemen right now, uh, and they might, you know, they very might uh, be interested in moving Gossespierre. And again, if you can get a, a player of his caliber at 26, Six years old on that great contract giddy up and do it uh what else you got all right let's move on to the next one here since we're we're decided that shane goss to spare future vancouver canuck this one comes <laughs> from hassan ahmed at hassan what's ahmed up hassan yeah he's he's a regular i like that he's, he's good people yeah uh assuming the canucks can't sign artemi panarin what would our thoughts be on matt's zuccarello or anders lee or both of them could fit in the top six what would the contracts look like for them and underlying numbers that you would be concerned about now i gotta give props to our mans here because that is getting full value for your question like he snuck about six in there and and i appreciate that that is uh value uh, out of your question so for me i i think that i'm more amenable to anders lee than matt zuccarello yeah, i should qualify too. that i think that zuccarello is getting a bit older we know the injury concerns are uh, starting to creep in. He had that, that broken arm that he had to play through in the playoffs where he had to get it frozen with Novocaine before each shift, I think. 
Uh, so that that's obviously unfortunate. But, I mean, Anders Lee is a power forward, goes to the net, consistently scores between 20 and 30 yeah, goals. Yeah, and he's, he's been climbing, like, year to year in terms of his point production, in terms of his goal production. He's a 40-goal scorer in uh, a 2017-18, you know, 62 points that year, 51 points last year with 28 goals. I mean, he's averaging right now about 35 goals in the last three seasons, something like that. Um, I really like Anders Lee. I'm worried about how much you'd have to pay for him. Uh, I'm also worried that, um, you know, being the captain of the are the New York Islanders going to lose their captain two years in a row. Well, that's that's the thing. The New York Islanders have made things pretty confusing because they gave uh, Brock Nelson six million dollars and he's had one forty nine point season. Yeah. So, I mean, like they put themselves in a bit of a hole there in much the same way that the Canucks did when they signed Jay Beagle to his deal, which is now limiting their ability to sign Alexander Edler to a new deal. Um, again, the thing about the Anders Lee is I'll go back to our, our, our previous discussion there. You have to look at, um, you know, what is ahead of you in the future and what sort of contracts you're going to have in the future. I mean, Elias Pettersson's the type of player, if Brock Besser can get you $8 million or can get himself $8 million a season, then what is it? Three years from now, when you have to sign uh, Pedersen, what's he going to be? Ten, eleven, twelve million dollars? I mean, right? So uh, Anders Lee might be might be a little rich, but Matt Zuccarello might actually fit in terms of what you could get him at what price. Well, uh, uh, here's the thing, though. I mean, like, is Matt Zuccarello going to make a huge difference? I don't know if he's that player anymore. Yeah. Well, like he he's more secondary piece. Like to me, he he's. His his production well He's actually two, last year thirty seven points Anders Lee in, in forty six games Anders Lee is one tier removed from Artemi Panarin I think that Zuccarello especially yeah. with his age is another tier if you if you swing and miss on uh, Panarin mm-hmm. would Lee be your next guy because Panarin's a winger Lee but would Lee's, have to be Lee's up down there. the middle though. no Lee Lee plays the wing a lot he played the wing with uh, Tavares and one of the big concerns this year was how is his production gonna stand up without. JT round and, he, and I guess that know? was his best season. He scored forty goals if he if if he was on the wing with uh, Tavares that year. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, he's listed as a center. Yeah, but I I think he he mostly played the wing. I mean, NHL.com, are you on there? Because they they list everyone as a center. Like no hockey not, reference. At the oh, moment. okay. Because yeah. usually you'll go to NHL.com and Jacob Markstrom is listed as like a center or something. So Jacob Markstrom. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm joking, but it's a pretty useless <laughs> website. Jeez, uh, wow. Tell us how you really feel. I mean, uh, just true facts <laughs> Elite spoken. prospect snob over there. Anyway. Uh, that is the best <laughs> integrated data stream and content network. But I um, mean, like, no, it's, it's for me, Anders Lee is the real deal because he can also play on the penalty kill. He can play on the power play. Are you he's comfortable giving him $9 million? That could be what he's going to... I would try you know? to stick to eight. Yeah, eight would be like the the acceptable range. What and about then, the value then? Do you think the value wise? Do you think that he would be better than Panarin, perhaps because no. Panarin's going to be about eleven? No, no, I mean Panarin is just a, a freak of nature. He gotcha. is he is so damn elite good. elite player. Yeah, he gotcha. is. He's he's like a top five winger in the league. Probably. I'll tell you what though, Anders Lee has been was a great find for the Islanders though. Six rounder, hundred and fifty second yeah. overall in the 09 draft. That's that's pretty good value right there. It's good drafting. So I, fu- I, I heard a funny story about uh, Anders Lee from an NHL scout who told me that uh, he was such a funny case because in high school he was also his team's leading quarterback. And one of the complaints was, uh, from scouts during his, his draft-eligible season was that he didn't look as committed, 
Uh, his competitiveness wasn't where it needed to be. And he's like, looking back on it, the guy was probably just fucking gassed because he was playing two high school sports at a high level. Kind of got the uh, American high school quarterback look to him. Yeah, you could see it. Yeah. Yeah, you could definitely see it. It was yeah. When he said that, I was like, you know what? That kind of makes sense. Almost uh, John Elway-ish, almost. A little. A little, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, like that, the chin. But I, he wanted some information on these players using advanced data to to kind of talk them up. That's, I, your, that's, that's, that's for you. That's my domain. Okay, yeah. Anders Lee, positive influence on his team's ability to control shot attempts at five on five, hugely positive impact on his team's ability to control goals for, and if you want to adjust those shots for shot quality, he had a positive impact on his team's ratio of control by about 5%. So that's that's all pretty good, and if you look at his wins above replacement, he would rank just at about the same spot as Bo Horvat did last season. So, I mean, there's there's nothing to suggest that he can't be a really dynamic uh, force for the Vancouver Canucks in that role, and and just furthermore, I mean he he's like the power forward type player that they want, and and I mean he he fits that mold better than just about anyone. So all right, what else you got there? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, let's see here. If you were Jim slash John, you could have just said the Canucks front office. That's both of them right <laughs> yeah, there. That's that's it. Uh, what team who is in cap hell would you look to to grab some defensive help? Ooh, I got an answer already. I would be calling up the Vegas Golden Knights because they are the only team right now that is projected to be above the salary cap going into next year on cap friendly. So they have to do something. They have to change things up, especially if they want to uh, sign William Carlson for next year. And he's going to get a substantial raise in the five and a half. Because even though he didn't score quite like he did the year before, he proved to be a very good two-way center. Okay, so defensive help from the Vegas Golden Knights right now. So Colin Miller. Yeah. Uh, Braden McNabb is insanely underrated. Yeah. Uh, those good contract, two, too. Two and a half for the next three. Yeah, those are the two guys that I would be looking at because it's not like they're going to trade... Uh, Nate Schmidt or Shea Theodore. So no, those are their two big boys, and they're yeah. locked up right now too. Yep. So those are the two that I would be looking at if I were in the Canucks shoes. If I were a member of the Canucks front office, and I made up thirty three percent of that group, uh, that's that's the first team that I would make phone calls on. Uh, I think that another team that is is going to be vulnerable is probably someone like say, um, oh geez, I, I just I had it and then it was gone. Uh, the Minnesota Wild. That's the one. Uh, the Minnesota Wild, because it's rumored that they're looking to part with Jared Spurgeon, who is a really, really, really good defenseman who is greatly underrated uh, in the, the public sphere relative to what he brings to the table. He's also on a very good contract, if memory serves. I think he's working at, let's see here, He's he's got one more year at $5.2 million. So, okay, it's a good cap hit, but they are going to have to re-sign him. Which yeah, might just ex- the one year, so that could be risky. Yeah, but yeah. but I mean he's 29 years old, so he's got a couple more good years in him. They might be able to get him for less than he's worth. I I, I would be interested in that. I would I would at least ask them what the going rate on a player like say Jared Spurgeon is, just because like they're trying to do this weird rebuild on the fly thing. Uh, it's kind of weird that they would try to do that after it worked so well for the Canucks. Uh, yeah, so uh, that's a uh, that's an interesting team to follow because they made some pretty iffy decisions. Another one, and and here's one that the Canucks can get an asset for, not necessarily 
they're going to get a good player. But take Dmitry Kulikov in the final $4.3 million in one year of his contract mm-hmm. off of the Winnipeg Jets' hands because mm-hmm. they got to re-sign. Oh, they Here's got a yeah. list. Yeah. Brandon Tanev, UFA. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Laine, RFA. Andrew Kopp, RFA. Kyle Connor, RFA. Down to defenseman. Jacob Truba, RFA. Uh, Nathan Beaulieu, RFA. Tyler Myers, UFA. And the amount of cap space they have for all those players is $25 million. So this is a team that is ripe for the taking, if you ask me. And and they've got a lot of good prospects. They've been able to draft really well over the last few years, so I think that you might be able to pluck something useful out of them if you can take Dmitry Kulikov off of their hands just because the the immediacy of the situation. Like, they cannot wait another year for that contract to end. They have to sign these players now. Yeah. And their window is open right now. So those are the teams I would look at. Anyone kind of stick out for you? Uh, on the spot right now, I'd have to take a look at it. I mean, obviously there's, uh, I mean, the Maple Leafs are going to be in cap hell right now. So there's a team that you could uh, try to pluck someone out of. But at the same time, who's that going to be? I mean, they need defensive help, but they also need cap help. Zaitsev would be the guy. Um, the only way that I would take Zaitsev if I were the uh, Vancouver Canucks would be if you really sweetened the deal. And I know I'm using that term again, but you'd have to make it pretty, pretty nice uh, to be able to take him on i'm wondering if zaitsev has another level like is he as bad as people think he is or is it just that contract that people don't like so therefore they're dismissing any sort of um you know i don't want to say like goodness to his game or like whether he has any sort of value what do you think uh no i do you don't You're, just, you are you he is what he is he, he's a third pairing defenseman yeah like yeah. I, I think if he returns but he did have he, 36 points in his rookie year they which, were all power play points though yeah which i mean like those count and i'm not saying that he can't play the power play in vancouver sure but we had 12 there were only 12 power play points in that that year out of that 32 so 20 of them were not oh okay that's more impressive than i thought it was thought it was a heavier split but, so, again, you know, like, I'm wondering if it's just that anchor of a contract, which isn't actually that man. bad if he's in your top four. If he, but okay. if, if he can be in your top four at four and a half, you're okay with that. But there is the questions of whether, you know, he can be a, a, a top, you know, four defenseman in the league. I mean, clearly he wasn't last year. Terrible year last year for him. Uh, just 14 points in 81 games. Mm-hmm. Because he's, he's not that good at hockey. Uh, like, you know, there are things of, to to like about Nikita Zaitsev. He's physical. He uh, has a good shot, I guess. He can skate decently. Right shot, too, which you got to He's a right like. shot, yeah. which, I mean, those... I those think there's a right shot defenseman available in Pittsburgh, perhaps. <laughs> I doubt it. They're, they they seem They pretty, love him there now. Dude, the media, like, when he was taking shots at practice, they were posting like videos and the Pittsburgh media was going, Oh man, he just kept going bar down and in. It was beautiful. Those shots from good Branson, who's got a career high of 13 points. Uh, so <laughs> that was a very, very funny moment. I would say, uh, now that said, I, I just think that the Canucks are going to have to get very creative or ideally, I, I don't think this is going to happen just because of the circumstances that Jim Benning is under. But I think ideally, instead of getting creative, they would stay patient. Because this, this just isn't the year for them. But I Jim think. Benning d- can't stay patient, can he? Like, no. if if the Canucks don't make the playoffs next year, that's what five years in a row now. That would be Is that five. Yeah, that no, that would be six. Yeah, like We're how many, five years how, already? How many NHL GMs are allowed to 
go six years without making the playoffs. How many are allowed to go four? Walking the plank, exactly. Or three. Exactly. Or two. You know, I think like, <laughs> like, this has got to be a home run offseason for Jim Benning. He can't stay patient, basically. But what's what's he going to do? Like, he's not, like, the odds of them actually getting Panarin are... are oh, very slim. Yeah. Extremely slim. They can't get Carlson. No, he's done. And we've heard, here, <laughs> here are the players we've heard the Canucks are interested in. Okay, I'm going to start with the pros. Okay. In the pros column, you've got Jason Zucker and... and but you're uh, going to trade Brock Besser for him? That that rumor was ridiculous. But no, exactly. So, eh. And then next to him in the pros co- uh, side of the, the, the column or whatever is is Jake Gardner. And uh, like, okay, that could work out. That could be good. I think Jake Gardner could do well. And here. that would make a difference. Yep. But then you might just be replacing Alexander Edler's minutes in production, which... I mean, uh, but I'm might, okay with that. Yeah, he might be a slight upgrade, but what I'm saying is that you're pretty much still on that treadmill. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, in the negative side, we know that the Canucks are interested in Nikita Zaitsev, not as a bad contract. That is important context. The Canucks don't see this as them taking on a bad contract. They, they see, see him as a as an asset, like yeah. somebody to be coveted. Uh, they also are interested. But if they see that and everybody else doesn't. There are other teams, though. They're not alone. Like, okay. all the reports are that there are teams out there that actually want Nikita Zaitsev. But he could like, be period. what he was in his rookie season. Yeah. yeah. Or that he hasn't been as bad as we think. Gotcha. And so, I mean, like, they're not alone there. But we've also heard about, oh, let's see, Milan Lucic. Uh, who else? Like, <laughs> But that's just a dump for a dump, right? And then yeah. they, they get and maybe... Tyler Myers, too. Like, come on. This is... What's the, he, the, how's the, he going to build this playoff team with But these would you pieces? do... If, if, if the Lucic deal was what, we, what we're hearing it is, which would be, obviously, Louis going to Edmonton and Lucic coming with uh, perhaps a low-level uh, draft pro- prospect, or, uh, prospect from the Oilers... Or possibly, what, a third-round pick? Like, would you do that? No, because you have to protect him in the expansion draft. Yeah. And and that, to but me... But what if he agreed to not? Then that changes everything. Then yeah. I'd do it for, like, an Ethan Bear prospect and, thrown in and or and Joel Lagasin. If you're Milan Lucic, why not do it? I mean, you're just going down the road to Seattle anyway if they take... And who's to say that Seattle's even going to take him? They wouldn't. Like, <laughs> Seattle wouldn't take him, period. Yeah. Like, it just, it just wouldn't happen. Yeah. So if he was smart if he agrees and he to wanted do that, to get out of here or yeah. get out of Edmonton rather, then yeah, he would he would look at the the situation. Mm-hmm. But that's also pretty hard on your own ego when you have to be like, yeah, my contract is such shit that nobody would want it for free. Well, I mean, like that's I a mean, level of self reflection that most I, athletes won't have. Yeah, but I think at this point, I think you know, if you're Milan Lucic, you see the writing on the wall. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough, I guess. But all right, so give me one more because we got to wrap things up. Yeah, we only have one more. Luckily, perfect. Right, that's that's what it's not I'm from saying. Wyatt, is it? Okay, so Wyatt asks Eric. No, I'm kidding. If you could, re- I love you, Wyatt. If you could realistically acquire trade offer sheet free agency, any defenseman other than Carlson to help us compete, who would it be, and what would the compensation going the other way be? Only applies to trade or offer sheet. Well, I like the Gosses pair. Honestly, I I really like that Gosses. I think if you I could, feel like we kind of answered this. A yeah, little we did. Bit. We, we had, did. Like and at like, least no, half. Seriously though, this is that would be mine. If you could trade uh, uh, Jake Gar- or Jake Carter, Jake for Tannen, uh, perhaps a, dra- a draft pick um, of some sort and a prospect, and I would be willing to give up Jet Wu for him. I would take on Gosses pair. I think that's the the road they should go. I agree. Oh, that's wow. uh, it's a, like that was, I, I that like pretty that. simple. Yeah, and, yeah. and Goss Despair is also a right shot if memory serves. Now I'm still on the train though that they should be going after the Leafs for one of either Janssen or Kapanen in an offer sheet, 
or as Harmon Dial laid out for the Athletic Vancouver, going for both of them. Like uh, in the same way, the sh- wow. remember when the San Jose? How good would that be? Well, you get those two youngsters, both wingers. You don't get both of them though. Like you got to hear this plan out. Okay? Oh, okay, it's like the San Jose Sharks one. Remember when they offer sheeted Yalmerson? The Blackhawks matched, yep. so they offer sheeted Antti Niemi. And the Blackhawks couldn't match. Gotcha. So Harmon's idea was the Canucks offer sheet. Strong arm them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Andreas Johnson, if they don't accept, then fuck, you got Andreas Johnson. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. And if they do match the offer sheet, then you go, okay, thanks for Kasperi Kapanen. One of those guys is going out of Toronto this, oh, yeah. this offseason. Although, I mean, maybe not, because I've seen some some sources indicate that, that Andreas Johnson might be just like a what's it called, might be like a sub-3 million deal, but even then, like... But even then, the Leafs are still going to have a hard time. Like, they are so up against it. I mean, think about it. They got three guys that are going to be, once they get the Marner deal done, three guys making over $10 million. How many teams have that? The Blackhawks have what, two? Mm-hmm. Is there any... I mean, the Pittsburgh's got two? I don't think any... I mean, off the top of the dome, I don't think anybody's got three guys making, at least not as of right now, no. that could happen... As I think the way that the it. salary cap's moving, like we're going to get to that point. Of course, but the but the but, Leafs are are a little ahead of schedule right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially if you're to believe the average Maple Leafs fan who thinks that uh, Mitch Marner is worth like sixty five million a year. Uh, <laughs> Nobody says that. Okay, you you Maple Leafs fans are a bit. He's crazy. worth eleven million dollars. I I don't think he is. He had ninety two points last year. Look at his points with Tavares and away from Tavares. He's had one year with ninety two points. Yeah, but he guess what? He's going to play with Tavares for the next what seven years, six years? I think eleven is nuts. I think that Mitch Marner for under like nine and a half. That that to me is where okay. He so if, if do you think that? Um, Matthews is is making the correct amount of money right now, or is he is he overpaid? Oh yeah, because Matthews is like a center who I mean like that's but he's never had the point production that that Marner has. He's one of the league scores foremost. a shit ton of goals. Yeah, he's though. one of the league's biggest goal scorers. Yeah, I mean and, you, especially he, when you average it out, he kills penalties. He plays the power play. Austin he just Matthews. doesn't play in those late minutes though in crucial yeah, game sevens. That's, <laughs> yeah. You got to have Patrick Marlowe out there. You just got to keep sending him out there. I can't even do a Babcock. I was going to do the, if your knees don't hit the table, your opinion doesn't matter. I still don't get that. I'm like sitting here right now and my knees don't hit this table. So my opinion over this last hour doesn't matter. Null and void. Does that mean that the only person whose opinions matter here are like Jason Bruff and Matt Sakaris? Because fuck that. They certainly think that. All right, let's put a bow on this show, guys. Thanks for all the submissions. Uh, We're going to try and do another one. We'll do it after the draft, uh, and we'll we'll get another one in before around free agency as well. But after that, we are hitting the beach. We're going to do our uh, take the summer off. Uh, But we have two more shows or so to go. Uh, So thanks for listening, guys. Keep getting those questions in. We'll be asking for them uh, on our next one. We'll do it after the draft. Once everything's sort of wrapped up and uh, we can kind of break down everything the Canucks did at the draft. And then again, like I said, we'll do one uh, right around free agency and then whoop, we're done for the summer. Uh, but thanks Sounds for th- thanks for uh, uh, getting everything in today, guys. Thanks for listening. And like I said, we'll be back shortly. Rate, review, and subscribe to the show.